don't know me, I am Kathy Anderson of a &E Coaching Group. Um, actually, the A is for Awareness and the E is for Empowerment. And I believe that a lot of times um, the resources are right around us, right? And if I just provide the resources, then you basically can empower yourself. Um, my specialty is nonprofit organizations, but I do work with small businesses as well. Um, nonprofit is my passion, my heart. So this is what a lot of times I focus on. But is, is if this is your first time, anybody's first time, then um, you'll start determining whether you need to have a nonprofit or a for-profit or at least for a lot of the things that if when, once we go through the myths, um, which won't be on this video, but if you uh, some of the things that we think we own a nonprofit, you do not own a nonprofit. And I do encourage everyone, you really should have a business, not an umbrella and have a nonprofit that's a little bit detailed and complex. I'm just saying have a non-for-profit that you can carry on that really builds your legacy that um, if you make a million dollars, you keep a million dollars. But for the nonprofit, if you choose to give the whole million, you can. Um, but anything comes to that nonprofit has to be for um, more than even a business and um, it's for charitable reasons, right? So you can't just say, oh, the nonprofit made a certain amount of money and I'm going to take that. So since it's been a while for me, you know, I came out with this subject matter of is your nonprofit dead? Then I took another step and I said, I can't think of an acronym. I needed a positive acronym for dead. So I meant it as, is it dead? Like, really? Like, are you not getting money? Are you not getting um, the kind of people that you want to come along with you? Uh, are you making the impact of the amount of people that you want to make? And if not, there might be, I'm giving three tips today. It might be three little tips that will help you build your nonprofit organization because uh, there's so many parts to it, right? You're not supposed to be doing this on your own. You really, really are not supposed to do a nonprofit on your own. So what ends up happening, because you should have a board as well, and I hear all the excuses, it's not a working board, blah, 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 blah. Every tips, because uh, one of the things I learned as being a nurse, I remember getting a write-up and, you know, you're a nurse, you're on the floor, and then you have uh, CNA, CNAs, or some people call CNTs, Certified Nursing Assistants, that are working um, usually on your floor that you're overseeing, right? So, you know, I have a, a lot of times I'm giving the medications if I'm in a nursing home, um, and then the CNAs are doing, we always say, more the work, the hands-on, okay? We won't go into detail of what they do, because uh, I get my hands dirty, too, but my first priority has to be giving that medication on time. And I remember getting written up one day. I work like 11 to 7, and um, sometimes, you know, you go home, you don't really hear about anything, and then I got a call at noon, and they said, well, you, you know, you got written up. What did I do wrong? And they said, oh, no, no, it's not what you did wrong. So, you know, if you can come in about 30 minutes early, whatever. I didn't, I didn't even know how it went down. But anyway, I just know it was failure to supervise. I'm like, what do you mean by failure to supervise? Because I'm the one that was assigned. I'm the one ultimately responsible. I'm the leader, supposedly, in this particular hierarchy of corporate world, um, it basically was told to me that because 
someone didn't do their job and didn't clean up a couple of patients, left the rooms dirty, that I was the one getting written up. What do you say? This is no different, you guys. Being a nonprofit leader or any kind of leader, whether you're a supervisor or whatever, anything that someone does wrong, you kind of have to hold yourself accountable in some way or another. Sometimes, you know, you can't control what people do, but should we have systems in place to know when things are done wrong? Absolutely. Should we know everything that they have to do? Yes, we absolutely should, right? So this is what I'm getting to and why I say if certain things aren't going wrong, going right, and you're not building, ultimately, you're the reason why not, right? And I'm going to give these three tips, and they seem kind of simple, but a lot of times if we get down into it, these are the reasons um, if it's deficient why you're not growing, and if we're doing what we should do, then we should be making the impact and growing as we should be. So let's get into it here. And basically DEAD, what I found an acronym was developing empowered and authentic decision-making. That is actually how it should be done. You should have empowered and authentic decision-making, which leads to the one tip. So these are three tips in which leaders can learn how to make decisions in confidence and authentically um, while also empowering their team members to do the same or empowering their organization, their board members, their managers, their however you want, whoever you have working with you, they should be empowered by the decisions that you're making as well. Um, Actually, it should be kind of a do it together. And then, of course, you might have the final decision as far as how to carry that out. Um, Technically, your board majority rules, but there's still a way to, um, if you're down as working as the executive director, there's still a way to make those decisions that would be appealing. You know, you're given that justification, the reasons why, things like that. Um, Number one is effective communication, right? Effective communication. We all say, well, don't they know what to do? Don't they know that they have to take care of as a youth program? They know they have to take care of the children. They know they have to. Yeah, we do. But guess what? Your nonprofit organization is your culture. It's the culture that you set forth. So there should be policies and procedures in the way to do things. Basically, you have, you know, whatever, what that mission is, you're selling that mission but you're also articulating the steps that need to be taken. If money needs to be raised, you got to write it out. You have to write it out. And then you have to articulate how that's going to be done. That's effective communication. Effective communication is not just, well, well, not just the mouth. We'll say not just the mouth, but it's also the written word that kind of backs up that mouth, right? So verbal and written communication effectively. And the way you know it is effective, we should always have measurements to see if what we're saying, what we're what we have put out is easily followed or can be followed. And that's getting feedback. So that kind of leads to the second one, right? So first one's effective communication. How about this other one? Active listening. I kind of did it earlier, right? Active listening. Um, 
That's important. And it means active. You know, I have I often get accused of saying things before someone's finished. Like I actually know that I do this. But for me, I've been doing this so long that I almost can dictate or predict what a person is going to say when it comes to why they shouldn't do something or the myths that they think. Like, for instance, if I ask majority of people who are grassroots organizations, small organizations, do you own a nonprofit? Because they often will say it's my nonprofit. You don't. Right. So I'm already ready to say wrong because you don't. OK, that part I might have to work on because um, I don't know how to say that nicely because I'm like, let's not waste time. Let's let's move forward, because if you've been believing a certain way, then time is of the essence of taking care of people. As I said, there's so many things going on and I hope to get into deeper into some of the conversations of um you know, distractions that are out here. Make sure you're staying with your mission and that you're aligning um, with what is being, what is, I guess, even mm, involves your organization, right? So for instance, and we'll say this because we all know, like I said, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and unfortunately we had the children that were killed and some of the adults um, at Covenant um, School here in Nashville. And if you have a program where you're servicing seniors or some kind of adults, right? Being careful not to just focus. Yes, we all feel, we grieve, we're empathetic. Some of us are even sympathetic with what happened. But at the same time, your population that you're serving has problems as well. So let's you know, say what you have to say, acknowledge that it did happen, but continue the focus on your mission. And what I'm saying is there's a lot of things that's going on right now. And people will ask me, what do I think? I say, I don't because it's not affecting what's important to me. Sounds selfish, but you can't, you can't take care of every single thing. And that's why it's important. I said effective communication and I said active listening. You do listen, right? And you give grace. But listen to know how to respond sometimes. Sometimes you don't need to respond. Sometimes listening um, lets you know how you need to give that communication later. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it does. Um, yeah. So active communication, effective communication, and active listening. I got that all mixed up. We're going to go ahead with three. Number three, and actually the two at the, the first two gets to this part. This is where you build trust, right? If I actively, if I effectively communicate, then I'm going to hear what I have stated to do. And I'm saying stated, not being aggressive. I'm saying it could be your policies and procedures. Um, I say that's a difference because policy it's kind of the, mm, I always forget the difference. I know it in my head and I probably should have looked this up to give the, I always give the raw definition of things. Um, but policy might be, it's like the law. It's the legalistic part, right? And procedures is just what it is. How do I carry out that, 
So if this happens, say we have, a, I'm dealing with a few youth programs. So say if um, a young child hits another child, okay? Policy might say that if that happens, then that child gets suspended or policy will state that that's wrong to hit each other, right? That's policy. But my procedure is how do I handle that? How do, you know, who do we report to the parents first? Do we report to the principal first? You know, what's the process? And we cannot leave that up to each individual because sometimes you've done such hard work to find out what works and what does not work. You need to make sure that's in your policies and procedures that we don't have to go back over that same thing. There's no reason to bump your head and, and go through what you've already gone through before if you know that this is more effective, right? So I hope that helps. Effective communication, active listening, and building trust. Building trust, hmm, that's interesting. If you say what you mean, mean what you say, and your culture is consistent with that, then you start to build trust, right? So I'm kind of referring these last three, these three that we just discussed, I kind of refer to your people that work with you, right? The people that, you know, whoever's, however you're building your nonprofit. And if you don't have anybody under you, that's a problem. Like you should be bringing people on, whether it be volunteers or not. There are million dollar organizations that only have volunteers, but do it when it makes sense. A lot of money out here, but it has to make sense, right? So let's think about your stakeholders or you raising money. It's the same thing. Effective communication, active listening, and you're still building trust. That's how your money comes in. They trust you to do the right thing, what you say you're going to do with the funding. That's why it has to be consistent, right? So that's that area. That's the people inside that goes with your board members, the exact same thing. If you're never effectively communicating with them, if you're not getting a response from them, they're not participating, please evaluate your communication right? Um, I know I'm not the greatest in that, but what I will do is continue to ask the person, do you understand? Is there some feedback with that? And then give them the opportunity to disagree. Okay, you disagree, but why do you disagree? Let's, let's have this conversation because that very same thing that they're disagreeing with could be something that the majority of your people are disagreeing. So you haven't actually done a great job because you can't just tell people to do what you say. You might not be right. And you could be right. Depends on the experience. But a lot of times you do have to have um, credible backup of why you're doing certain things even within your organization. Right? It's just like working a job. We all know any job that we've gone on, there's always been policies and procedures. And those were pretty much the Bible, those little things that you go by. And anytime you had a supervisor or someone superior to you going differently than what has been effectively communicated, then it becomes a problem, right? So consistency. So like I said, this is, is not a not a brainer, like a, it's a no-brainer. I'm not trying to oversimplify, 
But I will say that most of the time when we're not getting people to do what we want them to do, one of these three things, and it's hard to say that third one, because if you don't effectively communicate and you're not actively listening, then you're not going to build trust, right? But what we want to do is the opposite of what we know the definition of dead. We want to make sure that we are developing empowered and authentic decision making, right? never know who's watching in the background. You never know um, how much impact you're making on someone. And if it's one person, you've actually done your job. But continue to do what you're doing. I know my mom used to always say, you know, um, in the negative, you'll hear other people say, oh, they're always waiting for you to do the wrong thing. But time out for that. That's only a small percentage of people. For the most part, there's someone watching. And there's two things that's going to happen eventually if you stay consistent. One, you'll get the reward on earth. When you get the reward and two, you just make an impact in someone's life and you change their life. And I think that's a reward by itself, right? But you'll still get rewarded for what you're trying to do. Um, it is being noticed. It's being noticed. And with this day of social media um, and you just never know who's got a camera on you. Even when you're out there, again, you can take it negative all you want, but I know there's more positive that's going on if we choose to look at it. Glass half full, glass half empty. It's your choice on how you want to look at it. But I will advise, if you want people to follow you, if you want people to solve problems within their own lives that make them better people, that make them more successful, then let's see the glasses half full not half empty. So other than that, I hope everyone has a great rest of the week and uh, take care of yourself, right? Take care of yourself first because that's the only way you can take care of everyone else. Bye, y'all.